Hello everyone, Susan Hopkins here and welcome back to the Self-Reg show. It's our our podcast with uh, Dr. Stuart Shanker, me, the Merit Center, Self-Reggers, uh, and we, we talk about all things Self-Reg. So good morning, Stuart. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Tell people why you're okay. Many people will be able to relate uh, as to the reason why that was an okay versus a great so I learned yesterday that uh, we habituate very quickly to the smell of the smoke and then stupidly think that it's fine to be up there. Uh, so this morning, a little bit, uh, I spent too much time out there and a little bit of headaches today. Yeah. So for folks, we're filming this, what's today, July 7th or 8th? 8th. And, uh, or I mean, June, May 7th or 8th. And it is, uh, so for Canadians, yeah. So, June. Yeah, June. <laughs> okay, so the smoke is affecting me too. It's the wildfires. And uh, for those of you, I mean, I know we're making Canada's making international news with these. We have wildfire season every year, but it's never been quite like this. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, the smoke is really affecting us where uh, we're both, we live about an hour's drive apart, but it's, it's pretty bad uh, right now. But I'm always, uh, my brother's home in in Nova Scotia, where I'm from originally, uh, there are literally uh, houses burned on two on almost three sides of him that are three and four blocks away. Like that's less than a kilometer away. That's how close it came, uh, you know. So uh, be thankful, right? <laughs> you know, it's it really is. Uh, and uh, anyway, so that's why we're here. That's why there's a little bit of an energy impact. So it's so relevant to self-reg because that's a stressor, right? You, you've talked about uh, environmental, you know, the quality of air. Like people don't think how is that tied um, to, if you want to say outcomes. Um, uh, it is like there's some, you've, you've even written about some science around that yeah. before. Stuart. Yeah, really, really interesting. Anyway, that's probably for another podcast because we are here today to talk to you uh, about uh, a blog that Stuart wrote um, about uh, why we need, to, I, I, I begin asking why, if I've got the title wrong, you need to correct me, Stuart. Uh, but it is tied to our self reg Summer Symposium, which is number nine. It's July 4th to 6th. For those of you watching this before that date, you can still join. Come, <laughs> come to Peterborough. We promise the snow, the 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 smog, the uh, the smoke should be gone uh, by then. It's a beautiful place uh, to spend three days with a whole an amazing group of like-hearted humans uh, trying to figure out how to help kids and youth and ourselves and our world and all those good things. But you can also participate online. Uh, and if you are watching this after the date, there's still access uh, to many of the talks. Uh, so be, be sure to check us out or join us for uh, what next year is our 10th annual. So that's going to be a big one. We got to start thinking about what, what we're going to do for that. So you wrote this blog, though. And, and in this blog, um, I mean, you start out with the, the line that basically says that is what uh, this whole summer symposium uh, three day theme uh, is really about. And it has all your talks, all my talks, but there's about 30 other people uh, contributing in different ways. And the title of the symposium um, is Co-Reg with Dysregulated Kids. You know, wh what do we do as self-reggers? How do we begin to think about that? So what made you want to write this blog, Stuart? Well, uh, there was, you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, there was a school in Mississauga 
that was in the news. Uh, a teacher had uh, sent a letter that uh, really circulated uh, around the country. It's a middle school and it's out of control. And um, the teacher was essentially begging uh, the Peel School Board for help uh, and described how, you know, um, we live in fear, uh, that there's some pretty uh, worrying things going on there. For example, um, kids were uh, uh, smearing their feces on the walls. Now, um, uh, that is something that I am more than familiar with. It's a very common behavior. Um, uh, it's called uh, scotality. That's the technical term. Or scolati. Um, it's smearing. You see, uh, you have to deal with it quite a lot in uh, kids on the spectrum. And, uh, you know, um, it really brought home to me uh, and I thought it would be a good idea for you and I to talk about this. Uh, why um, self-reg talks about asking why and why, uh, you know, trying to get to the to the source of these problems is not some sort of, you know, uh, permissive, uh, 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 you know, a permissive approach. You know, well, you know, it was just a stress stress behavior. Uh, so I thought this would be a good topic for you and I to talk about, and I will lecture on it in in July. <laughs> Every time you say lecture, I hear is <laughs> Stuart's the most engaging speaker ever. So you know, I it's it's interesting because you didn't tell me that you had read that that letter, and I I read it online as well. So I just want to take one more moment and, and think about some of those other behaviors. So for those of you going, okay. That doesn't happen in, 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 my, in my school or my early childhood center. And by the way, that can be tied to trauma. And there's all sorts of things that that, that can be tied to as well. Uh, but it had, this letter had, had a lot of other stuff in it So give that maybe people can relate to. So can you give some other examples that you recall off the top of your head of some of the things they were dealing with? Yeah, the kids had become, uh, they were fighting, shouting. There's a lot of aggression. Um, and uh, the thing that struck me when I was reading it was the, it was a teacher who wrote that letter. Uh, and she kept on saying, uh, she repeated the same line several times, that kids are out of control. And uh, that's what really struck me because of course, uh, what she was, or he, I don't know if it, I don't know who it was. What the teacher was asking for was for the school board to come and and regain control that we're looking at this as a self as you know this is what happens when you uh don't impose strict strict um uh regulations whatever and it's the perfect topic um for self-reg not just because, of, and you're right, you know, this is an extreme case, but I think all of us, we're hearing from schools across Canada, but around the world, that are seeing an increase in what they regard as out-of-control behavior. Yeah. Um, 
It's school. not just school, Stuart. It's the early childhood. Uh, early childhood parents. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, and the thing I remember about that letter, I mean, it was a call for help, by the way. And so, you know, when you read for the, the educators and I, I think some of the things I'm hearing, these are more common than you think. Absolute defiance, bullying, um, you know, all, all kinds of behaviors that we wouldn't we wouldn't consider acceptable or OK happening. And it was it also had this underlying tone um, of educators not feeling safe, but most feeling that uh that there was a a uh that that you could tell you're you're saying it but I really felt that there was a this feeling that the administrators whoever they are um were going soft on kids everything was like oh no problem and 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 because of that um uh, things were absolutely wild and 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 out of control and that is it is not as uncommon we hear that a, a lot we a lot of places we visit you'll have people that really just want you know i don't know if that's what this teacher wanted or not but would like the principals to start suspending more to you know these kinds of things to um to just clamp down and look at it as 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 going too soft on kids so it's it's actually a really great letter we'll make sure that we uh we find a way to link it uh because it's public it's on it was on twitter that i saw it so um all right where do you want to take us and so that's what sparked it and interesting i read the blog i i but i did not know that was the uh that was the letter you were referencing so uh, very cool. I find things out in the moment with you always. <laughs> okay, so um, as self-regulars, uh, we are taught that we're always going to ask why. Uh, and um, when we ask why, it's because we really want to get to the heart of the problem. We really want to um, help these kids, help that school, help that teacher. And you can't do that if you if you don't ask why or the why what we're looking at is going deep inside the brain if we do something like um you know that that uh no uh, some sort of a, a no tolerance approach uh, you know zero tolerance approach um we haven't touched the problem we haven't touched what's going on that would have produced this so um, in no way is the self-reg reframing that we're going to talk about today, and that is, re you know, distinguishing between misbehavior and stress behavior and what is causing the stress behavior. That is not uh, a recipe for saying that we're not going to restore however we can. Um, you know, order and calmness. Now, I just, before we get on to the why, I just want to explain a very important point. Um, so at our clinic, so our clinic at uh, Mary, it was primarily for kids on the spectrum. And we had to have all kinds of rules. Uh, we had to have rules that uh, were intended for the safety of our therapists rules for the safety of the kids, rules for the safety of the parents. But the rules were explained to children in a very gentle, soft voice. And so let's take as an example, uh, you weren't allowed to hit, and you weren't allowed to bite. But you would never ever raise your voice 
um, or be harsh when uh, if a child was starting to hit and you would very gently um, you know explain that you know we don't hit we would lower the temperature and the same is true of um, I'll give as another example I have a 21 year old son who's on the spectrum and to this day, I'm always having, I, I had to do this last night, explaining rules, but always gently, always um, in a soft voice. And what you'll notice is that the kids um, really do uh, have a desire to please you. All children do. Um, they don't want to, they don't want to upset adults or their parents or anyone. And so if we if we're gentle in the way we explain and follow the words, um, they will process it and they will respond accordingly. So that's a starting point before we get to why. Um, and I know you agree with all that. Yeah, and you know the only other thing I'll add in, I probably have more to add, but I want to wait to see what you have have to share is that if you're listening, it's like, yeah, well, how am I going to be gentle? There's, you know, <laughs> there's absolute chaos around me or as a parent in my home. Uh, and another way that that still is gentle, uh, but it's a different way of thinking of it is, um, is that uh, you can say no, boundaries are okay. You have to think about power and who decides and and, you know, all of those, there's all sorts of things that, that can go into that developing of, of the boundaries. But if you, if you were to ask my daughter, who is the strictest parent of all her friends, <laughs> I actually think she'd say me because she has told me many times. She has a lot of freedom and a lot of independence, um, but I, I, I'm very engaged uh, constantly, actually. And, and then I'm always looking for ways to back myself out. When she doesn't need me, I get out of there. That's sort of how I, I see my role. But I say, I can say no, I can set boundaries. I, you know, I can all, uh, it, but it's always with love. And sometimes I literally use that word. You know, I, I know that this is really disappointing and you don't like that answer or, you know, but this is my, you know, I'm setting this up because it, I'm doing this with love or, hey, you know, we don't like, we don't hit, you don't great, you know that, but that's not who you are. See how it's, it is still setting boundaries, but it's, there's this love. Uh, and I, I know that can be a scary word to say when you're thinking if you're educators or you're worried about your, you know, uh, your, but use the word that feels right to you. I'm very comfortable saying it, it's done with love. It, it, parenting and saying, or teaching or early childhood educating and just saying yes, 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 all the time. Uh, is actually easier. It's not what's right for the children, right? It really and truly isn't. So boundaries are part of self-reg, and that's often missed by people that uh, that just get a little surface level of what we do because we're so human rights and so looking at the heart and believing in the best and trying to understand within the child. Yeah, <laughs> and we also know that structures is 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 a piece as a way to reduce stress. So. Uh, I don't know if you want to respond or just keep on going, Stuart. I want to respond by keeping on going. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, especially for that last remark. Uh, okay, so what Susan just said was uh, what we're looking at is we want to reduce the stress. Now, when we ask why, um, our point is that uh, it's not enough to it's not enough to impose our boundaries 
however we've done that, um, because we haven't really addressed what was the cause of these behaviors in the first place. Uh, Susan made a very interesting remark a couple of minutes ago. Um, uh, so we smearing is something that um, anyone who works, uh, you know, with uh, uh, children that are struggling. Um, is familiar with, and she's right. There can be many different causes. Uh, it can be it can be um, uh, intestinal. It can be uh, sensory seeking. There are many different reasons. But what we do see is that there are some kids that are vulnerable to this um, when they are overstressed, and uh, so. In some ways, um, the uh, in some ways, when we're reframing the, the 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 behavior, what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out what is underlying this kind of chaos that that teacher described, so that we can help these kids change these kids' trajectory. Now, we know that one of the things that children tend to do when they are overstressed in a group situation, think for example of a birthday party, is they bounce off each other as a way of recruiting catecholamines, as a way of giving themselves. Uh, and so what's happening is they're ramping up each other and they are, um, they are, getting a shot of uh, norepinephrine or epinephrine. And, and it just go, it kind of escalates. Now, there are very um, complicated reasons about why they have that need in a stressful situation. The party is creating all kinds of social stresses, noise stresses, etc. School is creating all kinds of stresses. And so there's a problem here um, that we want, that this is one of the big reasons why we have to have these boundaries, um, that this can easily become uh, a pattern. It can become entrenched where they're coming, looking for that shot of adrenaline. So we have to calm all that down. But then we have to ask ourselves, because what we're trying to figure out is um, why do they need this? You know, um, they're not misbehaving. And that's a hard thing. Uh, that's a hard thing to come to terms with because we find certain behaviors like smearing. It's very upsetting for us as adults, and we think that this is a you know a really bad you know this is really bad out of control. But really, what it is is it's a sign of really deep stress. So let me just emphasize before I say the next thing that what we're trying to do is. When we're asking why, we want to figure out the cause so that we can, once we've restored peace, uh, we can begin to address the cause. So we'll get to that in one second. Now, uh, our problem here is that the why is telling us um, that something is happening, that these kids are in an imbalanced state. And we want to know why they're imbalanced. And we want to, you know, is it something, uh, is it something that they're doing, um, you know, a problem with their 
physical routine, sleep. Um, by the way, sleep is tied, lack of sleep is tied to smearing. Is it a sleep problem? Is it eating? Is it that they're doing something maladaptive? Are they spending too much time on, are they spending too much time on uh, devices? Um, so we're going to, we're, we're going through all this and we're going to work with the parents, um, get them involved as part of the solution, trying to figure out why these kids are not restoring properly. And that's the key. When a child's not restoring properly, that's when they seek catecholamines. That's when they seek a shot of dopamine. Dopamine is a catecholamine. So, in the meantime, we, this was a mid-school. So we're talking children 11 to 14, roughly. They're old enough for us to teach them everything that Susan and I are talking about today. We want them to learn how to, how to self-regulate in healthy ways. And so what we want to do when we ask why is we're going to flip the situation. Self-control says, all we got to do is we got to, you know, we're going to do the expulsions. We're going to do suspensions. We're going to, we're going to impose order. You haven't done anything. If you do that, what you've done is you've reduced your stress as an educator, but you haven't reduced the child's stress. Uh, in fact, you may have actually increased it because now you've added fear into the mix. So what we want to do is we want to figure out um, what, first of all, what are the things that the kids are doing that they're coming into school? And she mentioned that, or he mentioned at one point, you know, that this is, you know, this is from coming in the front doors. Okay, so why? What What is going on? in these kids' lives, what can they learn about, can they learn the steps of suffering so that they learn when they are in imbalance, homeostatic imbalance, what they need to do to restore. This is why we're asking why. This is why we're trying to get to the heart of the problem. So we don't want to confuse two things here. We don't want to confuse, yes, we have to do something. We have to, we have to, we have to restore that haven-like uh, environment. And now I'm going to turn it over to Susan because it seemed to me when I read that letter that what they needed was help on the first step to becoming a haven. Yeah, and so much there, Stuart. One of the things that I love about, about Self-Reg uh, and about all the work that we do, and, and it's the science that Stuart brings you, uh, but it's also the hope is, is as we begin to think about what to do with this, we've got to really remember, this is not a program. These are not behaviors. I mean, this wasn't one behavior in, in that letter. There was like a dozen. I read it a, a few weeks ago, so I, I don't remember exactly. There were a lot from absolutely everywhere. And if we think there's one quick fix or some program or colored coded cards, or even a couple of lessons I'm going to do three times a week, that that's going to fix that. 
No, it's not. And yet that may be very frustrating. And that frustration is actually a stressor, right? You talk about this even in the article, um, you know, frustration and, and feeling hopelessness are stressors. Self-reg is the hope, but we, we begin to think about it in, it's like, I, I always think of it like an elastic band with Stuart, we come in and he's always thinking within an individual but anyone who knows self-reg, and if, you, if you're if you new to it, there's lots of ways to learn more. It is never within the individual. That's just a part of the process. It's the whole context. And so what I was left, you know, if you're thinking, oh, that all sounds great. Yeah, you come and teach my my grade eights. Uh, and you're right. Do I do go in and just teach about self-reg in, in, a, in a grade eight health class and that fixes everything? No, <laughs> it's a piece of the puzzle. And what, what really jumped out to me at this, at this letter um, was it made me think of Kathy, Kathy Lethbridge. And we've got a podcast with her um, uh, done that I encourage people uh, to, 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 uh, to, to listen to. But she took over a school. She went back as a principal this year. So she was uh, doing self-reg at a district level and then went back at a, as a principal. And it, the school, she'll, she'll be the first to tell you uh, that for sure there were some challenges, but it wasn't this level of a challenging school. Uh, but where did she start? By going in and, you know, pummeling people over the head with self-reg on day one? No, <laughs> right? You were playing the long game and we have to because that's that's just what the science says. And you've got to realize I mean, some of the things that we're hearing are happening in this, we're in this crucible of stuff that's happening. I keep hearing about fights with like what people, what the crowd is yelling for, for violence is just like, it's unthinkable. And it's, you know, I've kicked somebody in the head. This kind of stuff is like, it's more and more happening. And it's, a, it, it is. So we think at the whole school, at the cultural level, we work at the individual, we work on, we look at the team uh, jumped out to me right away from this letter was there was no team cohesion. So you got the administrators that have one mindset and one, you know, value based and one approach, and you've got at least one educator, a group of educators, and there's this, that's all part of it, right? That's all part of it. So, uh, yeah, and I just really want everyone to hear that, that, uh, that you, this is all part of it, learning the science and thinking about it on the individuals and thinking about how do I find those moments to connect? Even the feisty teenager that's telling you off, and they will, by the way, pick your moments. But you finding those moments of connection when a, when a, uh, 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 you know, what is a rebellious or you might call defiant or I try not to use the word respect because we've overused it. And when we go in, you know, and, and but really somebody that that teenagers that are doing this and telling you off and all these kinds of things, how do you respond? Every one of those schools has a couple of teachers that don't have the same discipline problems that the other teachers do. And oftentimes you'll hear, assuming they go soft on kids, and it doesn't tend to be that way. It's relationship, it's boundaries, it's expectations, but it's 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 also helping kids see what's possible. Teenagers need that. When Stuart said every one of them wants to please you, hard to, hard to swallow because <laughs> they're also trying to survive and navigating their peers. But it's real and it is in there. And the one, you know, kids that have gotten in trouble their whole lives love learning a little bit of this science because all of a sudden it's not, they've internalized that they're bad, that there's something broken, that there's something wrong with them. They have, they have, and they've been, it's been reinforced every single time. And all of a sudden this is hope. It's like, hey, there's something, there, there's some brain-based things going on here. So that's a lot. That's a big, that's a big sort of, jumping off point, but I just don't want, I want people to hear 
that this is a universal, this is, I like the universal design idea. We're thinking about a couple of kids. We're seeing the signs of clearly, you know, a pressure cooker school, pressure cooker classroom. We've got to be working on all kinds of levels. And one of them is definitely understanding the science of what's going on within individuals, but the other is within the group. And that it, it, working at both levels is the hope. It really is. And it takes time. So you said something there that um, is really where I wanted us to land today. And that is this element of hope. Uh, and so I know that there are teachers, educators, parents who feel, who have lost that sense of hope. And I wanted to tell you something that I learned uh, one day from one of our therapists at Mary. Um, so uh, we were working with a kid that uh, would become pretty aggressive. And um, so at the end of one of the sessions, and they'd been working with this family now for a couple of months, uh, and the parents were so dispirited because the ses session ended, as it must, when the kid became very aggressive. And they said, you know, and then, you know, we meet afterwards uh, just to debrief a little. And they were so low. And the therapist said to them, oh, but don't you see how much progress we've made in two months? And the fact was that at the beginning, um, this kid would, um, you know, would become very overstressed. And by the way, um, when we talk about these distress behaviors, uh, that would be for a different podcast or a different talk, looking at how excessive stress can lead to this kind of lashing out. There are reasons deep inside the brain. But she said, but this kid at the beginning, it would happen like within a second. And here we had just gone through a session with mom and dad that had lasted close to an hour. That's a long, long time. And and she and she said to them, you know, you know, this is, you know, we're asking an awful lot of them. And look at how far he's come. And all of a sudden, you know, and I'm just sort of sitting there quietly. I'm watching mom and dad, and everything changed. They smiled, they sat up, and they left that, they left that office full of hope. They, you know, we had just given them a shot of dopamine themselves. And that's the message I wanted to give. So whatever the situation is that uh, you are dealing with, whether it's in your family, whether it's in, um, whether it's in your classroom, your school, um, you start doing what Susan said. You will see, you know, sometimes you get so overstressed yourself that it's easy to overlook how much progress you've made even within a week. It does happen. It always happens. There's not, there isn't such a thing as a, 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 a crisis situation that we can't change. And that's the magic of self-reg. The magic of self-reg is it does work. It always works, um, and uh, it works because of what Susan said. It works because we are understanding, and our own understanding, our own insights are growing with the child's 
increasing calmness. You can't separate these aspects of the co-regulating relationship. In, you know, it's so interesting because you, you do this with me. Sometimes I have sent you over the years. Most of our communications are by email. So it's actually always really fun to see Stuart on video um, because, my, you know, we do a little bit in person. Uh, we have our refrain, our our uh, resilience course that starts this August. So a little plug in, come and join me. I'm facilitating the first one and we've been building it. We're almost done building it right now. So uh, it, it, it's really interesting, but we do email and occasionally by a little bit by text, I guess as well. But sometimes I have hard days and, and I'm like, oh, because <laughs> there are two steps back. There are days in your parenting when, you know, you know, all yesterday I went to film some, another podcast and I couldn't find the cord for my laptop because my kid, <laughs> my good laptop, um, because my daughter had it. And, uh, which has been a conversation multiple times and so frustrating, you know, so did I, was I the, the, the cool self-reg parent, you know, Oh, I did it with, no, I was frustrated because my, where's my court kind of thing. Right. And she was at school. So, you know, it's, 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 it's always this momentum moving forward, but that's what you always respond to me. It's like, look back and see how far you have come. And, and how far we've come and it's a momentum forward, right? So um, it, it's a really interesting um, piece piece of the puzzle and, you, you know, important when we think about COREG, which is part of our, our, um, our, our symposium this year, is whoever wrote that letter um, and all of you out there that are feeling uh, like they are and uh, I, I see it in all kinds of places in our community and various social media groups I'm with. You're exhausted, and and what happens when we're depleted ourselves? Uh, Stuart talks about negative bias in lots of our courses, and but we, you know, as as, as well as when we think about the Thayer matrix and where our our energy and tension are, it's you know we're really not in the place to be solving this. We're in survival mode ourselves, and look just deciding, oh, that was a really exciting podcast and I have hope now and I'm going to change this tomorrow. It doesn't work like that because you don't have enough to, you know, we talk about any calm to lend. It's more than just calm, of course, um, but it, it it's a really important piece of the puzzle. So at this late, late stage in the game, I mean, I don't know what you think, Stuart, and I do want to get to your three. You had three really important areas that uh, uh, from your from your blog that we wanted to talk about um, uh, that that are sort of going on. But at this stage, especially like we're in early June and there's a couple of weeks left in, in school. If you're hearing this in June, it's not the time to start a new plan, <laughs> right? You know, it really isn't. If you're in, running on our school year like we do in Canada here, it, it, your summer's coming. It's a chance to restore, get, you know, get grounded again. If you're a leader thinking towards next year, um, because really the very, the, the place that we have to start, I mean, self Stuart talks about self-reg is always personal, is with ourselves. Uh, so I don't know what you want to say about that and where you want to take us next, Stuart. I think what I'd like to do is I think we should we should think about closing today's podcast because I have one last thing I wanted to say. And maybe our next podcast, we can talk about the three things that um, that really deserve a topic of their own. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good one for thinking forward to next year as well. So, But what I really wanted to end today by saying was a thank you. I wanted to say a thank you to that teacher. Um, 
it took courage and honesty. Uh, you know, it, it's hard for us to, it's hard for us to ask for help, especially when we're in a position where we're supposed to be, you know, uh, in control of the situation. And I was so grateful that the teacher, whoever that teacher was, um, was, was able to bring this to light. And for, for me, it was just such a, it was a moving experience to suddenly realize um, something that I can be, that I can take for granted. And that is the stresses, the demands that our teachers are being asked to, to deal with. But it's exciting for me too, because I realized that we can help. We have, you know, um, that, that that was the point of this podcast today. That's what this teacher has, has sparked all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of, you know, a deep desire in both of us to chip in, to do what we can. Um, and I loved what Susan said about, uh, you know, how there has to be this team between the administrators and the, and the, and the, uh, the school administrators, the board administrators, the teachers. I want to be a part of that team. I want them to include me. Whatever you are feeling, you know, educators, I, I, it really is what, what a time it is in education and um, early childhood educators that the people who have given their lives, I mean, you've chosen the career to work to, you know, as, as a profession to work with children and youth uh, I don't care what anyone says. Nobody chooses that profession. Well, and they're not choosing it for the bucks, you know, we're trying to make a difference. And do some of us have different viewpoints? About what makes a difference? Yeah. Uh, is there space for those viewpoints? There has to be. There really does. And, and, it, and, and, and understanding that uh, wherever we lift others up, we are helping and it's, it's just such an important thing. So I agree. And I, I want to validate what the, whoever wrote that there wasn't a, you know, there wasn't this underlying, you know, it was thrown muck, if you will, kind of sense. It was very, it was an attempt to be, I guess, what you might call factual or just very specific, but it was a, it was definitely a plea for help. The leaders in that school, you know, just what I, what, you know, what do you feel like when a letter like that goes out? It can't feel great. But those leaders have chosen that profession and are trying to find their way through um, a, a really messy time in our world, in our communities, our families, and, and in education. It really is. So um, those of you out there that would love to see change in all kinds of different areas, we all feel that way. How do we move forward and we do it through unity? And the thing that self-reg does, in my opinion, one of the things that self-reg is key for. I, I find that people will come and they like self-reg and they like certain elements of it and then they're off to get a program. Uh, if the program actually works, you know, you could explain it as being step three of self-reg and reducing stress, for, for example, right? Um, but the problem is when we're looking for these external ways or some external expert to come in and fix it, you know, <laughs> it, it just doesn't work that way. It is about each one of us at the at the universal level, every single this, every single relationship in front of us. 
And it's one conversation at a time, one response at a time. You mess it up. Oh, oops. <laughs> you, you say that, I, you know, and then try to jig and jag and learn from it. Uh, but the science is the key. And so when we learn self-reg and we learn with Stuart, we begin to understand why, which is what we started with today. Why? And we've got to know we won't always get an answer to that question. And I can't just ask a child why. They'll make the answers and, and they'll be totally wrong. But it's like when we look at a toddler or we look at our 90-year-old, I have a 92-year-old great aunt and she gets a little cranky. It's like, oh, I know she needs to sleep. <laughs> it's not actually that different from teenagers and from, from all of us, right? And so beginning to think, why? But it's that knowing that there are, I, I like thinking of the smartwatch that imagine you could see inside the brain and body. There's more going on. This is not all executive function and choice and you know these this these things that we think it is it's there's something more going on and that's hopeful because what it does is it calls us to begin to consider how we what do we do about it is what matters it really is it has to start with reframing that's step one it has to start with understanding there's more and we try to understand as best we can um, and a couple, looking at a couple specifically is super helpful. And you're like, oh, I got 32. Yeah, you got 32, but you learn from two. And you can see the signs of the pressure building. What do we do? How do we respond? And, and there are a million different hows, uh, but it's, a, it's coming at that with, with this new approach. And you're moving through it in time and gradually you begin to see the light on the other end of the tunnel. Okay, can I get you to do one last thing today? Yes. Okay, hang on a second. You're my boss. I do what you tell me. <laughs> okay. So I want you to tell everyone on this podcast that we can help you now chart a path forward. Uh, and so just can you just briefly mention for those who are listening and want to know where they start, um, how uh, you have designed streams. Yeah. Well, Stuart, for those of you listening to the audio version, Stuart just, I've never seen him do that. So that's quite an honor. He pulled one <laughs> of his many books uh, off his shelf. And it's the one that Stuart and I uh, wrote together. So Self-Rake Schools, it's a handbook for educators. And it really is it, that's really what the focus was, was pulling together. Um, there's some science in it. Uh, there's some some content that, along that line for sure. And there's like it explains self-reg and all of those things. But mostly it's a how, how to move the path forward. And there isn't one way. And that's really important. It's why we work with so many diverse cultures and communities. Because uh, how you take self-reg at, at an individual level as a process, but also how you take it as a framework and apply it looks different in different places. So there's four streams. I'll just tell you, and there's lots of ways to learn more. We have a, an online course, Self-Rake School, uh, Self-Rake Leadership course, which anybody can take. It's not just school leaders, uh, is, is one of our courses, but there's lots of ways you can learn more. But SEEDS means, okay, I'm really, you know, I'm really interested in this Self-Reg stuff. You've sparked my interest or you validated that. I love that one. I always felt like this. I always felt there was more going on and you validated it and you've given me a bit of science and a bit of courage to realize I'm not, you know, uh, whatever. So it, it, it seeds, it could be, I run a book club. Okay. We get 
that book, or you get one of the ones behind Stuart. He's got Reframed, and he's got Self Regis Parenting Book, for example, there. And you run a book club, or you take a course with the Merit Center and try the Early Childhood Development course. is terrific for anybody that's in, in not just early years, but if you're in inclusion in any kind of way, it's a really, uh, really terrific course for that. Um, but you learn a little bit more. You know, you try to sprinkle some things. Maybe you do something in your environment, remove some of the clutter or the you know, the loud visual noise everywhere, where you begin to think about, okay, how can I have a few less transitions uh, so that I don't have so many points of tension every time I make them line up? You know, one of the easy ways is stop lining up so many times a day kind of thing, right? But so there's seats and the sunrise is a little bit more organized. Sometimes it's a couple of people, a principal and two teachers, an early childhood coordinator and a couple of her staff that are really interested in. You, you try, you learn a little bit more, you try a little project in some kind of ways. Uh, you know, sometimes in schools, it'll be just one or two classrooms that are, you know, the coalition of the willing, I like to call it, <laughs> people that are interested. The quilt is a stream for um, pulling self-reg together as a chunk alongside other areas. So you're doing mental health or you're doing safe schools or you're doing restorative practice or justice or um, I mean, any of those would fit. Uh, you're working on curriculum. You're trying to improve. You're looking at math and you're looking at math anxiety. So self self gets pieced together as part of the quilt. And we have people in, in all those different places in the journey. And it's not as linear as it sounds, um, but they're working on it in different ways. And then we have Haven, <laughs> which is really our dream. And it really is, uh, you know, it, it, it is... It is a shift in how we not just see, but how we feel and how we are. People say that once they learn self-reg, they can't unsee it. So it's not this perfect space you're going to go and visit. Uh, I have a haven. I'm definite haven oriented in my home. Uh, it doesn't mean my home is perfect, but I'm trying to bring, it's literally trying to infuse self-reg into everything we do. Many self-regers said, thank God for self-reg during COVID because it helped them deal with so many, you know, you begin to, to, it just ha happens naturally. You're not trying quite as hard to use those those five, but it can apply in a school too. And again, it doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean you don't see self-control. It doesn't mean you don't have people that wish there was more suspensions, right? Or it, it doesn't mean any of those things. It's this, it means that everything you do, you infuse it through a, a, a self-break framework. So you think about, you know, how can we, you know, what are some of the stressors that we can reduce? We're not trying to, you know, sugar, you know, makes things easy. It's not about that. It, it actually is about challenging kids and higher standards and all these things, but they got to be able to manage it when it's outside of their window of tolerance. We believe them. <laughs> and what can, what are the, some of the stresses we can reduce? Just my idea about lining up when people are saying every time we line up, there's all these problems. So there's stuff you can do about that. But one of the first things is, do we need to line up? <laughs> right? So how, how can we reduce some of the stressors, how you start your day, how you end your day, how you deal with difficult things, all of those things. Um, and then, you know, then, then we, we begin to think about, recognizing the kids that need a, a light and stress load. That school was full of people that need light and stress loads. If I was the principal of that school, the last thing I would be doing is calling a whole bunch of extra meetings that I don't need to do at four o'clock. You know, right now those teachers are maxed. How can I minimize it? Where can I reduce the stress just a little bit so they can get through the rest of the year as an example, right? Um, and, and, you know, and then the last two steps of self-reg, sometimes they get looked at 
sometimes people get really excited about the, the first three and then yeah, the last ones are all great. Right. But it, it's this reflect this idea of, of, of getting clear as the acronym um, that Stuart came up with and Rebecca Leslie helped, helped refine it uh, to turn it to from color to clear, which we love, but it's calm, you know, listening to embodied awareness and reflection. So how do we really build that? And it's not, let's all go deep breathe. Could be a mindfulness program, but it's, it can also be, you know, nature walks and, and cultivating awe in all kinds of ways. And the most, the kids that you think are never calm, you don't tell them to be calm. You help them notice the moments they are, right? That's a starting place. You're like, I don't know where to start. Look at that. You're so engaged in what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I had people tell me my kid wasn't uh, wasn't motivated in certain things. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know my kid because last night she saved four fish from a friend, you know, got these four betas that she's she's nursing back to health and then going to put them on marketplace and give them away. I did nothing. So don't, you know, <laughs> you know, that's my there's motivation in there. So why and why now? Right. So really beginning to understand that and then restore. Uh, that one of the greatest things that I love uh, that Kathy Lethbridge, who I mentioned earlier, uh, as, as, as taught me, it's something really she caught on from Stuart, but the way she phrased it was really mind game changing for me because she said, you know, we work so hard on on recognizing and reducing stressors, and and we can we can slip back into our IEPs with that. We're going to. You know, we're, we're still, we think we're co-regulating, but we're using that. I'm trying to get him to do a certain thing. As soon as that's my, my goal, I want to get him to finish it this or I'm using first hand boards or whatever. We're, we're actually outside of self-reg, um, right? Because what we're trying to do is, is do that and then get out of the way and see what happens. And then maybe we need to do that some more and, you know, help them see the best in themselves and all that. But she said, is that flip of starting with emphasizing whenever we can. I mean, in self-reg, we're trying to get to restore. That's what all the other steps are about. But also, you've got kids, you're peeling them off the wall. Do they need more assemblies being talked? What could we do? What could you do, you know, within, stay within all your, you know, regulations and all those things? Then what can I do? What would make a difference right now? How can I bring in even little moments of cohesion, laughter, joy, restoration, you know, even with teenagers, don't think you can't get there. So it's really starting with that restore. So she would look at the most difficult, you know, the challenging the kids, the revolving door kids for the office and think, okay, they got nothing that comes anywhere close to restoration. And like people want to take away their recess. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> never do that. Uh, if there's a challenge around it, figure that challenge out as a problem to solve. How, you know, how can I make it so that they're safe during recess and other kids are safe? Okay. Um, but don't take away recess. We wouldn't take away breaks, right? So how do I get more restoration, not less? So uh, come, come re, you know, read the handbook. Uh, you can find it on our website or Pearson Education Canada. Um, and I'm really happy that you mentioned that, Stuart. <laughs> that's what that's what the purpose is. And there's a ton of stories in there, lots of examples, tons of strategies. There's lots of tools, uh, things that you can try and you figure out what, what fits for you and where you're at, whether you're a teacher, an early childhood educator, you know, look thinking at a school level or or anything really. So there you go. Final word is yours, Stuart Shanker. So uh, TMC works with school boards across Canada. And one of my favorite school boards is the Peel School Board. Um, it's a wonderful school board. They have really taken self-reg to heart. And that's ultimately why I, I am so hopeful 
for that teacher and why I'm so hopeful for everyone who's listened to us today. So thanks to all. They're facing so many challenges, like so many of you are. And I mean, we're still showing up, trying to help kids and trying to figure all of this out. So thank you. We we would love your feedback. Um, please share. Uh, we're, it's really exciting when our, our podcast is beginning to grow and being seen and heard uh, from others. Ask your tough questions. Tell us what you would like to, us to do next. Uh, we welcome all of your comments. So take care, everyone, and uh, we'll see you for the next podcast. Bye.